Hello, welcome back to the Living Simply Bear podcast. I am so excited for this first episode of the new season and the new way of moving forward with this podcast. This is actually partly where this whole idea came from, this episode. So I recorded this interview with Gina Gibbons many months ago, right before the pandemic had hit. It had just hit in China and she was actually just about to set off on a journey to Taiwan to visit her boyfriend. And we talked about tea in this episode and I just really loved that little nugget of time we shared together speaking about tea. And as I was thinking about how I wanted to bring it back, I kept thinking about this conversation we had. And so I wanted to kind of distill it down and share that conversation with you all. At the beginning, we'll go into her upbringing. We'll talk about her practices as an herbalist. She'll give us some amazing recommendations. And then we'll dive more into her relationship with tea. And I can't wait for you to listen to it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and just jump on in. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me in your house. Oh, thanks for being here. And serving me tea. Yeah, my pleasure. So sweet. Um, I love to start and um, ask what your upbringing is. Mm, It's a good place to kind of dive into who you are. Sure. So I was born in um, the Bay Area in Mill Valley and was there until I was two. And then my mom and I moved up to Oregon, and I was raised up amongst the trees, the cedars there, um, until I was 18, um, and I decided to move to L.A. So I was, you know, in California for a good part of my life, too, because my dad was there. But home has always felt like both Oregon and California, Mm -hmm. and I feel really lucky in that way because they're both really different, and they're both quite magical in their own way. Um, But yeah, my mom raised me um, single mom, Mm -hmm. and it was just her and I in this uh, really beautiful, safe place. I grew up in a really um, quite privileged neighborhood, to be honest, and very um, one-dimensional, so to speak. So I think once I had the capability to fly somewhere more diverse, I did that right away, and that's why I moved to Los Angeles. For many reasons. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was, I was really lucky. I had a lot of undivided attention from my mom, a lot Mm. of love, like a little um, too much at the point where I was in high school, you know, it's like, can I get some space? (laughs) But at the same time, I was really, really blessed to be so nurtured and loved by her and also by my dad who shared a whole other world with me, Mm. um, with his community in California, these really incredible um, very awakened adults that live life in a very fun way and yeah. uh, inspire me to do that to this day. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like I was lucky in the sense that I was raised in two different places by two very different beings that kind of created who I am at this point. I love that. Is your dad in LA? He was in the Bay. As oh, okay. Well. Yeah. Gotcha. So, he stayed in um, the he Bay. He stayed in the Bay, yeah. He was originally born in L.A., gotcha. but then moved to the Bay and stayed there and is still there to this day. 
That's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. I love it there. Yeah, and what was it like growing up in, like, it sounds like you're very much, like, in nature in your home in Oregon. Like, what Mm -hmm. was that like? Yeah, well, it's funny. We grew up in a, or I grew up in a house with a flat roof in Oregon, which is kind of the funniest uh, design mistake I've ever heard. It's like, (laughs) really? Um, so we had, you know, some leaking issues and things like that. So I was really one with the elements. I had rain coming in my room sometimes. Um, but you know, eventually that got fixed and it was fine. But I really did grow up among the trees. Like there was these huge, gorgeous, um, cedar trees right outside my window and a really tall, um, grand fir tree that was like the tallest in the whole neighborhood. And I also lived across the street from a park, a public park, Mm -hmm. so I could watch people playing tennis and go to the jungle gym and baseball games. And it was like a whole social gathering place, like right in front of my house. So it was so fun. That's amazing. It was so fun. And I I just had my own little world that I created there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like the squirrels would build their nest right outside of my window. And so I've always felt really connected to trees as like Mm -hmm. protectors because they really were... Like, the outside world existed right below my feet, you know, but these trees were, like, these guardians that kind of separated me from the rest of the world. Oh, I love that. That's so special. I know. I feel lucky. Would you ever live in a treehouse? I feel like I could just see you, like, (laughs) one in the trees. Yeah, that's a dream, for sure. Um, And then, I'm curious, you now have practiced and you study herbalism and also the tarot so was that something that was part of your upbringing or is that something you came to later in life Mm. well I think as a child you know being an only child I you know took to nature as my companion so I remember spending hours and hours in trees just like that Mm. is where I wanted to be it was the place that felt like my sanctuary as a child you know I wasn't thinking about it it was just like where my body went and so I think at that age was like when I first started to connect with plants and trees and um, but my formal training to like learn the medicinal properties of all of it didn't start until later in life Um, but around 12 was when my mom um, introduced me to the tarot and that's when she Um, I'm not sure if she had been using them a lot before that. I'm sure she had, but for some reason at that age is when I touched my first deck and it was hers and we would do readings together and it was just so insightful and I loved it right away Mm -hmm. and I just took to it at that age and um, have been working with it ever since. So tarot actually came in quite young for me, um, but the formal study of plants didn't start until later. So cool. Where did you study herbalism? I moved to Canada, to BC, Canada, um, on this amazing island called Vancouver Island. Yeah. And went to school in Victoria there at Pacific Rim College. Cool. And just fell in love with everything about it. I was like, oh, this is so where I'm meant to be. The first day Mm -hmm. I was there, I had this profound synchronicity with one of the teachers there who brought up this plant that I thought many people didn't really know about and he brought it up the first day of class and you know said if you work with this plant it'll put you so far on your path like anything out of the way is gonna just completely get blown out and that's exactly what had happened to me I was living in Cleveland Ohio at the time how did you end up in Cleveland um a partner my former partner yeah I was you know uh doing that 
whole dream of like, yeah, you know, living with your partner, having the house, having the job, all these things. Um, but really I wasn't living my truth, which was that I wanted to work with plants and like yeah. go to school for that specifically. Mm-hmm. And so my first day of school was just like, oh great, I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. That's so clear. And um, it felt really comforting to be in that part of the world because it was all the same plants that I grew up with as a kid. All the beautiful western red cedars and Douglas firs. And um, there was just so much richness. It's like the one of the last remaining temperate rainforests on Earth. So Mm -hmm. it's super diverse and just absolutely gorgeous. And I was so really, really lucky that I chose that school specifically because of the land that surrounded it. Yeah, which it makes sense. Like, you intuitively knew. Yeah, the plants knew. And it was like, that's where you have to go. Exactly. It pulled me. It really did. And that's where I, I think even more, that first day of school just, like, got it. Like, these are intelligent beings that are working in ways we don't understand. Mm -hmm. And if we just listen, like, they are guiding us. And I, that was so evident my first day. And ever since then, I've just been open to plants in that way. And the magic that they've shown has just been, you know, unfathomable to me. Totally. Mm-hmm. Is there something that if someone's like not, hasn't explored like herbalism at all or is just getting into it, like a place for them to start that you would recommend? Hmm. Or a p- specific plant or a practice at all? Well, I think starting outside is the best place, you know, because we can go to an herb shop and see all the dried herbs on the wall. And that's, you know, it's visually appeasing and beautiful, but there's nothing like going out into nature itself and learning to identify a plant on your own and really getting to know that plant while it's alive. Mm. And, you know, so whether it's working with a tree that you're interested in, like, I would really let the the language of the plant speak to you and they often speak to us through our hearts and not through our minds Mm. so you know if you get a feeling like "Ooh, I'm I'm intrigued by this or you know you're walking and all of a sudden you feel pulled to go this direction and then it leads you to this gorgeous flowering vine that you've never seen you know take note of that and um, it's a little tricky to start identifying you know and you have to be careful as far as if never ingesting anything that you don't know what it is but deepening that connection with a living plant is really where I would suggest people start and you don't have to even pick the plant you can just sit with it and Mm. get to know it um, in more of a meditative state and then learn to identify it and then learn what medicines it has and then ultimately learn to work with its medicine but yeah just getting outside and and seeing which one speaks to you I think is the perfect place to start and they say like your um the medicine that you need grows in your backyard. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. It's so true. I have so much lemon <laughs> balm in my backyard. And I'm like, that makes sense. Yep, yep. That and like wild sage. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Got it. I know, right? There's a reason dandelions are in everyone's yard. Yeah. Liver toxicity. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, we live in a polluted world. And I think these plants are here to support us. And yeah, you really could diagnose people by what's growing around them. That's very it's interesting. pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Me too. Again, this like unseen um, intelligence that's just working in ways we don't even understand, but yeah, they do. Totally. <laughs> I'm curious if you have like a meditation practice that helps you to really like tap into that. Mm. 
Yeah, I think through um, this amazing author named Steven, Steven Buhner, um, who I was introduced to um, by my former teacher, Sean Donahue, he invited all of us to do this really beautiful um, sitting meditation with a particular plant. Yeah. Um, just one that has spoken to you and you feel like connecting with deeper. And, you know, he goes into a, a lot of... Um, deeper visualization practices to really ground you into your body, into the earth, mm. into this different realm of existence where we're, again, perceiving plants through our heart instead of our mind. And it's much more of a feeling sense than a thinking sense. So, you know, as simple as that can be, it's like just trying to get out of your mind as much as you can and really focusing on your heartbeat mm. and that stillness that's there within that rhythm and then approaching a plant from that place and seeing what doors open. Mm. Is that something that you practice like on a daily basis? Is it just that that type of meditation? Yeah, I mean, I, I do my best to access my heart yeah. daily. And totally. I don't necessarily um, sit in nature and do that meditation every day, though that's a goal, you know. Totally. It would be really helpful to do that every day yeah and um just to listen to that intelligence that's there um and get out of the the thinking mind i'm definitely a, um especially right now for some reason i just feel so inspired that my brain has kind of been on overdrive and so getting outside and like stilling it all and slowing it down and plants are of course the perfect way to do that oh my gosh i feel the same way right now i feel like my brain is on like overdrive yeah and, and in that place, I've been, like, meeting with, like, I'm going to go up into the mountains. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for a hike when I'm in that place because it's not actually productive. Right. It's just spinning around. Yeah. So it's, but then once I get into nature, it's, like, everything just, like, is gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, oh, none of that actually, like, really matters. No. The trees don't care about your next business idea. No. You know, they're just or they give, trees. Or they give you, like, the clear nugget of how mm -hmm. to use it. Right. Like, right. I'll be in nature, and it's, like, this clearness that just comes through. Yeah. Like, forget all of the other things. This is the one thing mm -hmm. to actually focus on. Yeah, I love that, the distillation of it mm -hmm. all. But it's hard to get ourselves out into nature. Yeah, it Even is. Even living in a place like Colorado. Yeah, I know, where we don't have the excuse that it's raining. Yeah. It's not raining. As it's most sunny of the right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's sunny. Um, yeah, it just takes that extra step to get out the door. You know, my my thing with myself is, like, just put your shoes on, put your jacket on, and your scarf and your hat, and <sighs> go. And, you know, if you don't want to be out there, come back. But once I get out there, it's like, oh, great, I could be out here all day. Totally. It's just that getting out of the door that can be quite the inertia uh, blockage for me. Totally. <laughs> I can't agree more. Mm -hmm. And you, were, I love that. Just get your shoes on, mm -hmm. get your coat on, and then just go, go, just go. Just walk. Just walk. Get yourself <laughs> out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Which that can apply to wherever you live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you could turn around. You can. You can always let yourself turn around. This is like my mom's thing. She's like, you know, if I get to the end of the block and I don't want to be out, I can come back. But you yeah. never actually want to go back usually. I mean, and I think that's like a my brain goes to this place of like that's just a metaphor for life yeah just keep walking like walk yep. so you, like you usually don't want to go back to what you came from right because you something shifts mm -hmm. you like stir things up exactly you see a new thing that you didn't see before mm -hmm. and like a curiosity might overcome you yeah 
Yep. And the fresh air just feels so great. It's like, I don't yeah. want to go back in that <laughs> stuffy house. Totally. Uh, outside mm-hmm. is the best. Um, how did you end up in Colorado? Well, I was invited to move into a home here with um, three of my dear sisters. And so I was very nomadic at that point, traveling all over the world pretty much nonstop. And was like, okay, sure, I'll move there for a few months. And, you know, that'll be one of my next stops. Yeah. And, you know, there's something about these mountains. I've now been here almost four years. So there was something here that pulled me and I finally felt this sense of home and community and groundedness that I hadn't felt. And yeah, that invitation from my dear friend just really took root. Mm. And um, yeah, I didn't foresee it happening, but there's something about this place that just holds you. It really does. Mm And it's like the the curse of like you lock eyes with the flat irons and you'll never you'll never leave or you'll like always come back and yeah. I'm like sounds about right yeah so far that is true for me <laughs> so we'll see yeah I still travel a lot but I always come back and I think that's the key too that has helped me um, expand into the fullness of who I am because mm-hmm. when I was constantly living out of a backpack and having all my things in storage and you know. I was doing my best to avoid paying rent, you know, just like pack it up and go. Um, But I'm seeing that, you know, in having a stable home, I'm actually able to explore the earth in a different way where I'm not so depleted when I get back and I don't have to pack everything up every time. And I'm really um, appreciating being home and having a home. And I still love traveling and I don't have to give that up. No, and you're about to leave on a journey. I'm about to Do you go want to talk about that at all? Sure. I'm going to go to Taiwan, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about because I've never been to that part of the world. Yeah. I was just in Japan, but I have never been to Taiwan or China. Mm-hmm. So it feels exciting to get to explore um, another layer um, of that part of the world. And yeah, I'm going to go live in a van for a few weeks and travel around you know, just doing that dream. I'm oh like, oh, gosh. the van life, here we go. Let's do it. I'm so envious. <laughs> I'm like, can I come in your suitcase? Yeah, please. Tag along. <laughs> it's such an incredible place in this world. Yeah, I mean, I it's the only place in there. Asia that I've been, but it's it's something magical. Mm-hmm. There's just something that's so palpable, and you're going to have the most amazing time. Thanks. I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And you're going to drink such good tea. <laughs> yeah, so much tea. That's that's my main intention is to just make sure I have that daily practice there and mm. really, um, you know, move forth from that grounded place every morning and yeah. give that gift to myself. Mm. Is that something that's part of your daily rituals or practices now? It is. Yeah, mm. tea has come in really strong for me. And yeah. I struggled for years trying to find a meditative practice because I really wanted to and I knew it would be great for me. Uh, but the reality was every time I went to sit, I just couldn't find stillness. And my mind was just so active that it actually made me more frustrated trying to meditate and not being able to, you know, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. I, was, I was sitting in the posture and doing it, but it just never brought me peace. Sometimes I could find it, but... 
um, it wasn't until tea where there was this um, focus that actually helped me quiet my mind in a way that I'd never experienced before. And I think being an herbalist, it makes sense that having tea and working with this sacred plant would kind of be a full circle for me. And um, I'm also, <clears throat> I run very cold. So starting my morning with a hot beverage um, really works for me. And I, I've never been into coffee. I love it, mm -hmm. but it doesn't work for my system. So the yeah. tea is like, oh, I just, it washed over me in a way that felt so good. And my world has now been blown open because I see this whole world of tea that I was just not aware of. And so it's like every day just deepening that practice for me and trying different teas and learning and not getting too heady about it all and just letting it yeah. be my practice, you know, and it's, it's been such a gift. I love that. I love hearing people's journey to find the, or how tea finds each person. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think we seek it out. She comes to us. She definitely and that's, was handed and to she's me. not <laughs> she's not like quiet about it. Yeah. Yeah. When no, it, it resonates, it's like very clear. Yep. It really was. Who introduced you to tea or was it just like a Um, no, it was my friend Jason. Mm. Yeah, he he was he he's been in quite a daily practice with it and I just we started hanging out on the daily and it was like, Oh wow, we're gonna have tea every morning. Mm. and that really worked for me and he's now in Taiwan and so I was gifted a lot of amazing tea from him um you know because he couldn't carry it all with him yeah so I gotta acquire a good amount of his tea and I've just been every morning trying a new one and exploring all these amazing teas from all over the world mm. and it's just been such a gift it's really shifted my morning ritual yeah. Mm -hmm. And it brings like this community, I think, into our lives that like no other thing I've ever done has. Yeah. And it's not, it, there's no push to it is what I find. It's just either yeah. you're, you resonate with it and you're there or, you know, you're curious and you want to learn more totally. or you're not there at all. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. But there's just something quite profound about it that I'm still just at the very surface of discovering. Mm, I love that mm. so much. Mm. And she has so much to share with you. Yeah, I feel that. It's an endless bounty. And I love that you reflected on this, like, not going to a heady place. Because mm -hmm. I think it can be easy. And in, in my personal experience of, like, you get introduced to tea and there is, like, such a heady place to go with it. And there's like a, you know, all these different things that go into how to process the tea and like, do you know these things? And I love this more like shamanic approach of like, I'm just going to listen mm -hmm. and not have to know on like a tangible way. It's like, I know in, an, in a visceral body way and like in a just communicating with a plant. So returning back to this, like, just listen Mm -hmm. And that's where, you, and you'll know, or like the plants grow in your backyard. It's like the same thing. It's just, you're sitting with this plant and she'll share with you what you need to know. Yeah, exactly. Which I think we can miss that because we live in this world of wanting to, to know all the things. Right. Right. And to be like the best. the best. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like the best is just to be of service to the tea. Yeah. 
And she will return that back to you. Mm -hmm. And tenfold. Yeah. You're like, okay, I don't know if I was ready to hear that. Or, all right, how do I go from here with what you're telling me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a special thing to, like, be given that gift. Oh, it's such a gift. I'm so grateful that it came in as early as it did in my life. Yeah. Because it's just... Yeah, it's something I have now gotten to share also with my mom. And mm. she was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that tea was like this. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the the misconception with most people and that word tea. Like, we don't really know what it is. Totally. And it's it just changed everything for me once I actually imbibed real tea. And I'll call yeah. it real because it's not in a tea bag and it's not processed with chemicals and it's not... It's of the earth where it came from. Yeah. And you can taste that and feel that. And the peace that it brings me, like, it just, it's a whole different level of um, calm and alertness that I've mm. just been seeking from some sort of a plant. And even as an herbalist, you know, I, I've experimented with lots of different plants and um, and teas in that form. You know, tisane is really what they would mm-hmm. be called. But I don't... Um, I've never resonated with an herbal um, remedy as much as I've resonated with tea. Mm. That's something I want to daily um, imbibe in yeah. and practice with in that way. I'm curious. Someone asked me this, and I want to pose this question to you as someone as an herbalist. What is it like for in your experience to work with a plant? So it, your tea is, there's like seven varieties, but they're all coming from the same plant. Mm-hmm. Um and what is it like to work with that one plant, but then within within that, like the different varieties that come from that exact same plant? Mm. Yeah, well, that's what I love about tea. So I'm, as an herbalist, you know, we're, we're taught all these plants. And I'm, I'm constantly, you know, there's another really wonderful herbalist named Paul Bergner who's like, be a boring herbalist, which means focus on a few plants. Mm. You know, you don't have to know 50 exotic plants. You could know a few really well. Yeah. And that could be your entire apothecary. And I've always lived by that. And I'm just, you know, I have really strong connections with a few plants. And I just continue to deepen those over time. And now that tea has come in, I see like, wow. So here's another perfect example of how one plant could have so many different flavors and varieties and actions, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just another invitation to really deepen into certain plants that really speak to you. And you don't Mm. have to, you know, jump on the next trend of like this plant, you know, or like this superfood or whatever it gets labeled as, because maybe that isn't really the plant that wants to work with you. And there are certain plants that do. And I think if you can really open yourself to that, the, the depth and the layers that they can show are just beyond what we think Mm. um, is possible. So in regards to tea, it's like, yeah, there's so many varieties yeah. and each one affects me really differently. I'm learning and I, I love that there's all these different varieties because you get a, um, and like the color even, you know, the color to me is like definitely a marker of its energetic property. And so, um, there's something just so grounding about certain ones and so brightening and uplifting yeah. about other ones and then calming in the other way. So yeah, it's an experiment and a journey I'm on right now to really um, continue to listen mm. to the, the variety itself. Thank you so much for taking the time to 
chat about all things and share yourself so like openly and freely and if people want to find you or get a reading Mm -hmm. um how can they connect with you emailing me and um finding me on instagram is the easiest way um so yeah gina loves trees (laughs) and i do you do (laughs) i surely do thank you (laughs) thank you so much rachel Mm. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed having this conversation. As always, if you feel called, I'd love to have you rate and review this podcast. It helps the podcast out and so that more people can see this and listen to it as well. And make sure you hit subscribe to be sure to get the next episode in your feed when it drops next Thursday. I'll see you then. Have a lovely day.